the last few weeks i have been talking on the new series titled commonsensical i believe that has been a blessing to you in the first part of this series we are looking at a subject the the 12 ships that can sail through the storms of life and we are looking at life as a journey on stormy waters and the 12 ships that can help you sail through the stop these stormy waters in one i said censorship because you can't you cannot determine what comes to you but you can determine what you accept number two we looked at authorship because life is a story you must write yourself number three we looked at relationship because human beings are the best support system in times of crisis and then we also went on to look at worship because god works for you was for you and makes a way for you if you know how to because worship works for you was for you and makes a way for you if you know how to worship the lord and then we also looked at leadership because those who lead themselves move forward then we went on to look at okay so i'm trying to pick what we looked at again i think hardship isn't it hardship and with this because it will make you strong have i jumped one okay still worship at six because faithfulness is required okay and then we look at hardship and then we discuss how various people view hardship and the way you view hardship determines how you respond to hardship now tonight i'll try um, in this holiday to share two or three of these ships with you and leave you to go home so tonight we are looking at workmanship because leaders are achievers because what you achieve is important so we are looking at workmanship workmanship every man's appeal how attractive you are in life is determined by three things every man's appeal is determined by three things your appearance that is your charm attitude your character achievement your creation what you are able to create our focus tonight is to look at achievement what you create but we can look at achievement in isolation of appearance and attitude so a quick overview of appearance how important is your appearance in life how you appear how important is two scriptures two scriptures show us how important it is for you to ensure that you appear in a very dignified manner first samuel 16 and the verse 7 i'm reading the b part of the verse 7 the lord does not look at things people look at the lord does not look at things people look at people look at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart 
And because you, you, you need both the favor of God and the favor of men to progress and to succeed and to develop, you need to ensure that whilst you are preparing your heart for God, you must also prepare your appearance. In other words, God judges you based by the content of your heart. But man judges you based on your appearance. I remember, I, I, used, to, I have a, used to have this conversation regularly with young people. And one of the most remarkable conversations I had with this very young lady who came to my office and wasn't very well dressed. So we started a conversation and then I said to her, so if you were cast in a movie, if you were starred in a movie as one of the, of the cast and you were asked to, to play the role of a bank manager, how will you dress? Then she described how she was going to dress. If we were asked to play the role of a good girl, how will you dress? Then she described it. If we were asked to play the role of a doctor, how will you dress? She described it. And I said, if we were asked to play the role of a bad girl, how will you dress? And then she looked at herself and started laughing. She said, I said, why are you laughing? She said, daddy, I will change. I said, no, I haven't said anything because she was actually going to say, I dress like this, you know. So even, even, even people, even in movies, in casting, they, if they want to dress you like an armed robber, that's the way they dress you. you. You know that? Armed robbers have the way they dress. And sometimes somebody comes to you and you can't tell, is this guy a believer or an armed robber? You can't tell. No, prostitutes have way in which they dress. So if you want to cast somebody in a movie like a prostitute, you know how the person would dress, you know. Uh -huh. So sometimes some Christian sister will come to you and you're not sure whether this is a Christian sister or this is a prostitute. So you see, men will look at your outward appearance and pass a judgment on you. And that's why how you appear is important. In fact, how you appear is so important to God that a spiritual assignment like the priesthood even that one, God gave this instruction. Exodus 28, verse 2. Make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. To give him dignity and honor. Make sacred garment for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. When you look at the royals in the UK, they will dress for you. They will make sure that and you don't have a choice as to what kind of clothes you want to wear. They dress for you because they know that your clothes can give you dignity and honor. And it can also give you, can also disgrace you. So that's why it's important that your, your appearance as a Christian should be important. Don't go around, don't be among those people who say, eh, I'm, as far as my heart is clean and my heart is clean, I'm fine. I am fine. No, your wife should be proud introducing you to people. Your husband should be proud introducing you to people. Your mother should showcase you. You must have a classic appearance. Your mother, your father should be able to showcase you and tell people that this is mine. If, if you are ever working with your 
husband or with your wife or with your, and somebody's coming and say oh, you're not well dressed can you go home i'll talk to them so you have disgraced yourself and you need to have this kind of understanding okay now attitude first samuel 18 verses 14 to 23 i'm not sure we'll get to 23 and david behaved himself wisely in all his ways and the lord was with him wherefore when saul saw that he behaved now he hear this he behaved himself very wisely he was afraid of him he was afraid of him now the power of good behavior the power of good behavior good behavior is so powerful david behaved himself so wisely that saw the king was afraid of him he behaved himself so well he did not make enemies he was respected and even valued more than the king how good behavior can make you so powerful so powerful so attitude is crucial and important for your life but our focus today is on achievement 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 first kings 10 verses 6 and 7 hear the scripture first kings 10 verses 6 and 7 this this was um queen sheba to solomon she said to the king the report i heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true but i did not believe these things until i came and saw with my own eyes indeed not even half was told was told me in wisdom and in wealth you have exceeded the report i heard okay so ignore the last few ones there i think i just let them you have exceeded the report ahead so queen sheba heard about solomon's achievement and came to look at this achievement let me tell you something your respect in life is determined by your achievement so this is what we call workmanship what you have been able to create your creation your creation so i'm going to show you how you can create things and make things happen if if you were there when i talked i spoke on on living your dream life i said that you have to build something in life that will later on build you at a certain point in your life you don't build things anymore the things you have built will now build you the president of Accra business school now is over 70 years and i'm looking at the the year he got his phd he got his phd i think in the 60s or the 50s or so but this man's phd that he achieved even i think before i was born is making him so earn a living even though he's retired can you imagine i am not paying him for something he achieved when i was not born and i'm paying for it imagine you are 40 now why does that change she has a phd how old are you now 40 you are 40 and you got your phd when 36 so he got his phd at 36 that is a great achievement phd at 36 this guy is brilliant 
and it's a great achievement. PhD at 36. You, 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 your retirement age in Ghana is 60. So from 36 to 60, how many years? 24 years. So for 24 years, that single PhD is going to feed him and feed him and feed him. These are the people that even when they retire, because of their specialty, they'll employ them again and give them contract. Are you here? These are the people who can just resign from a job and get another job. Because whilst they are working for you, others are trying to poach them and giving them extra pay above and beyond what you are paying. Just an achievement, and it took you four years to do that PhD. Three years. So he did that PhD in three years, and he can live on that PhD for 24 years and beyond. And right now he's living on it, though. He's living very well. He's still a very young man, has houses, raising good family, and it's based on his achievements. What he has been able to achieve, especially in the early part of his life. And he is assured that as a result of this achievement, the next 24 years, he can be fed. All he has to do is to take that PhD and move it somewhere. Now, there was a young man when I was pastoring at Techi. One of the, those men, that young men that we felt was not serious. Yesterday, I had a meeting with some theologians. And he came around. He has his PhD. This today, he sent me his certificate and has a PhD. Has a PhD. I don't think he's 40 now. And has his PhD. And he's looking for opportunities with us. And I'm impressed with where he got his PhD from and the level of research that he has done. And for that achievement, even though when I was in Tessie, yesterday when I was talking to them, in Tessie I was calling him with his local name, but I have respect for people. He has achieved something. So I said, what is your surname, Kra? And then he mentioned the surname, so I said, Dr. This. But this was a small boy when I was preaching, was not even coming to church, was moving around. I go, you know him was moving around the church where we're having the church. You see him moving around. Today, he comes and sits on the table with me, and I can't even call him with his first name. I'm calling him Dr. Mensah. I was going to call him Ago. Then I remembered that, hey, hey, hey. Are you in the meeting? You were in the meeting yesterday. I was going to call him Ago. I said, hey, hey. I can't call him Ago again. He has earned something. He has achieved something. So I said, Dr. Mensah. Dr. Mensah. So you see, his achievement has brought him to the table of, of, of men. The, he will stand somewhere, his testimony. A man who used to preach, and I used to run in the distance, and I used to tell him, you are not serious at all, you have to be serious. He was a small boy running around. When you call him for church, he won't come. Today he has a PhD in theology from one of the best research institutions in the world. And he will sit on a table with me and with a professor, there was a professor in that meeting. And he was in that meeting with us. And I was going to call him Ago. And I remembered that this is no longer Ago. So I said, Ago, what is your surname? They said Mensa. I said, okay, Dr. Mensa. Dr. Mensa. So from now, I have to call him Dr. Mensa. When he comes looking for me, he said, oh, can you tell 
the bishop, Dr. Mason, is here. And you yourself, when you hear Dr. Mason, come and daddy, please, Dr. Mason is here. In fact, when he came, uh, just came, I think he introduced himself, Dr. Mason. He just came and said, one of your friends. I said, one of my friends. Eh, that came and said, I said, oh, he's my son, he's my son. But after a while, I said, yeah, 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 he's my son, but he's not a man. He's not a man by age, he's a man by achievement. Are you here? He's a man by achievement. Please listen. All the things, listen. When you are despised, when you are despised, one of the things that drives me is when I'm despised. I've told you how I grew up, and I suffered. I suffered a lot of disrespect, but I decided to prove people wrong. And to prove people wrong, my achievement speaks for me. The things I've achieved, they speak for me. And that's the same thing you should be doing. You should aim at achieving something in your life. If, if Bishop Doug watching here right now, I'll stop preaching. All of us will get up to welcome him. Why? Achievement. If Archbishop walks in right now, we'll do the same thing. If Bishop Adnasari walks in right now, we'll do the same thing. If Dr. Mensah Otabel walks in right now, we'll do the same thing. What will make me stop preaching in the middle of preaching and welcome a man and ask all of you to rise? Achievement. Because your achievement determines the respect you get. Are you here? Your achievement is today. I was just thinking about um, the Founders Day. I was thinking about how the generations of Nane Kufuado's family wanted to be president. His uncle JB Dankwa, his father wanted to be president. Um, 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 John Soforiata, all his cousins, everybody. And then he has become president from amongst them. He, he will forever be revered in the family. He will forever be, be respected in the family because he has achieved what no family member has been able to achieve. And I was just thinking about it. I said his father, wherever his father is, his father will be very proud of him. So if I can imagine somebody's dead father will be proud of him. How is your living father proud of you? Is your living father proud of you? What have you been able to achieve? So achievement is crucial. It's called workmanship. When you walk into a shop to buy something, you are investing in somebody's workmanship. You are buying somebody's achievement, somebody's product. The clothes you are wearing today is somebody's workmanship. You have invested in somebody's workmanship. Poverty is spending money on people's workmanship and nobody is spending money on your workmanship. Because you have done nothing. Are you here? That's the reason why Ghana, we are poor. If you go out right now, all the cars we are driving are all other people's workmanship. German's workmanship, uh, American's workmanship, Japanese workmanship, and even Chinese workmanship. They are all here. We spent money on them. This tent, I ordered it from China. Chinese workmanship. I'm sure that this speaker may come from somewhere in America. Where would this speaker come from? Judah. Somewhere in America, the, these drums may come from somewhere in Korea. These ACs will come from somewhere. And there is nothing here that came from Ghana. Is there anything here from Ghana? The, where? the flowers. The, somebody said the Ark of the Covenant. You will even be surprised that this metal is not from Ghana. You'll be surprised that even the wood we imported. Oh, I'm telling you. 
So that is why we are poor, because we spend more money on other people's workmanship. So if you want to become successful in life and survive the storms, one of the things that will help you survive the storms is your desire to create something. It's your desire to have your signature on something. It's your desire to ensure that there's something that has your name on it. And I, I think I spoke about this on Sunday. Now, let me show you how this works. Okay, let me show you how this works. Now, look at this. Look at this equation. Odivision, am I allowed to come down? I should stay. As we come down, okay. This is what they are powerful. Because I don't say I spot their I spot their video. But when they don't do their things, where well, they say I spot it. I went to where there was no light. That the way you went, there was no light. That's why we didn't see well. So today we invested in some light. So now I think I have a freedom to move a little. They have been advising me to stay upstairs. But by my achievement, <laughs> I can't stay at one place. <laughs> Okay, okay, so now, now, the number one key to achievement as a Christian, as a born-again Christian, spirit-filled Christian, your number one key to achieving something is for you to be spiritual about it. You can't be carnal about it. I said to you here that I once had an encounter with God whilst I was praying. Um, I was struggling a lot and and things were not going the way it should go when I was praying. And the Lord said to me, the breath of God in you contains everything you need to succeed. Based on that revelation, I have to go back in the inside of me. So what did the breath of God deposit in me? The breath of God is for the oxygen you breathe out and the carbon that's how you breathe in. The breath of God is God pouring a little of himself into you. So you are carrying out something from God. Some of these things, they manifest themselves in various forms. One way they manifest themselves is in the form of talent. Every one of us here carry a certain amount of talent. Something that God has given us. And it, it is, it, you have to discover yourself. And one of the best ways to discover yourself is to discover God. Because you were created in the image of God... The more you know God, the more you know you. Are you here? The more you know God, the more you discover who you are. I said the greatest discover, the discovery on earth is not a discovery of oil, it's not the discovery of gold, or the discovery of diamonds. It is the discovery of you, who you are, who you truly are, who God created you to be, what you carry in the inside of you. I used to preach and say that I, I used to agree with Mike Medic and Cole that the richest places on earth are not the um, gold mines and other things, but they are the cemeteries. But I think that I want you to understand that the richest place on earth is in you. It's in you. There is no riches that was not created from inside a man. To become a millionaire, there is something in you that is more precious than gold. That is more expensive than diamond. It is called talent. All you need to do is to discover it and develop it. To do that, you have to be very spiritual. When you ask me, what about those who are not Christians? I always tell you that, you see, it is very, very wrong for you to sit somewhere and judge someone. 
I'm telling you. Because you see, you may not know how somebody in the family is already a Christian and has been praying for that person. I'm telling Donald Trump becoming the president was not a fluke. was not something that just happened. There might be somebody in his past who once prayed and said to the Lord, raise a president from this family. Are you here? Oh, there, there, there was this man who used to go and play golf for his friends on Sunday morning. And whilst playing the golf, they would play the golf, go and sit down and drink beer. They would tell his other friends, all of you, be careful, where are your wives? Because whilst we are here, me and my wife is in church. She's praying for me. Every one bottle of beer I drink, prayer covers me. Oh yeah, and the man believed it so much because the man saw that he was so sinful, so bad, but the blessings of his life was the pra- as a result of the prayers of the wife. So one day he offended the wife and the wife was crying. The wife was kneeling before the bed and was crying, was mentioning his name. The man just came to stand there, looked at the wife and went and tapped the wife. Why are you reporting me to God? <laughs> I am sorry, please don't report me to God again. The man really believed in the prayer of the wife. Okay, so don't, don't be sitting somewhere and say, oh, this person is not a Christian, but look at him. But you are a Christian. You don't know what a person used to get to where he, he, he is. You to make sure that the spirit you have, the Holy Spirit, that will teach you all things. You are connected to the Holy Spirit. Most of the things we do, we do them by inspirational. You are sitting your somewhere, something in the midst of your in prayer, something just occurs to you, and then you implement the thing, and the things lose so little and lose so insignificant. And you uh, and then if, if, in your very eyes, from your you are looking at the thing that you felt so insignificant, the thing growing, and you are feeling how much crap did I put in this? How did I bring get this thing to this place? And you can see that there's a spirit of God at work and working and doing something. So first, the spirit. Now, when the spirit of God now shows you who you are and the deposit that God has placed in the inside of you and the things that God has deposited in the inside of you, now it is time because everything God gave us, God gave them to us in, as a raw material. God didn't give us an already canned mango, mangoes or already canned sardines. If you go for fishing and you catch already canned sardines, will you eat it? You will say this is marine spirit. You will not eat it. Everything God gave us, he gave them to us as a raw material. It is now your duty to discover it and develop it. So a skill is a value-added talent. A talent, you have added value to it. I preached years ago on the subject value-added talent. And one of the examples I gave was, was going to the Tespo market. You know, on this Pinterest road here in Accra, there's a market at the end there called Tespo market. Across the Tespo market, we have um, boutiques. So you go to Tespo market and you buy cowhide. For, for how much? Two cities. Is it two cities? So cowhide, you buy it for two cities. Kero, Kero, Wole, Wole. You buy it for two cities. Okay? You buy it for two cities. Uh, the same cowhide, you cross the street 
and they have made it into a shoe and you buy it for 500 Ghana cities or 700 Ghana cities or 1,500 Ghana cities. What is the difference? One is raw material and the other is value addition. Are you here? Good. Now, now, lift up your bottle of water for me. How much is this bottle of water? Two cities or one five? One five. Let's go with the one five. How much is the bucket of water? 50 pesos. 50 pesos. So a bucket of water is 50 pesos. So why is this water one city 50 pesos? Why? This one is value-added water. The one you fetch in the bucket is not value-added. So everything you add value to it, you convert from raw material into a finished product, a processed product, gets value addition. Are you here? Do you understand? Good. Now, 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 so here it is. Every human being was born as a raw material. Once you discover the gifts in you, all the gifts will be raw materials. You have to develop it. Some have to go to school. Some have to do some apprenticeship. Some have to do something. Now, once you add value to it, it becomes a skill that you can now use to get money. From between the ages of zero to the age 25, you must have a skill you can sell. You must sell. If you don't have a skill you can sell to make money, you have started a journey into poverty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If by 25, you don't have a skill you can sell to earn money, and you still depend on your mother and father, I am telling you, you have become the journey, slow journey into poverty. No amount of fasting and prayer can change it. So if you are here, you are 25, and you don't have any skill you are selling, now it means that you are already late in life. So you have to hurry up. You have to double your step. You have to do in one year what others do in one month. What, what to do in one month, what others do in one year. To survive. You are already late in life. You must have a sense of agency. You must run in life. You must not walk. Others may have enough time. To walk. Yesterday I was talking to Nanayao, um, eh? Oh, Kaku. Kaku, I was talking to Kaku yesterday. How old are you? 22. 22, he's already finished his degree. That's a first degree and we're talking about his progression. I'm interested in every young person in this church. So I invited him to my office and we're discussing what is your progression. And he showed me his progression plan. I was actually going to create a progression plan for him. But he showed me his progression plan. Say, fantastic, fantastic. At 22, he has a skill he can sell. At 22, he has a skill he can sell. And he's not even satisfied. He wants to get a better skill, a greater skill. So he has created a progression to get a greater skill. The one who was leaving me, I said, don't forget your accord. So whilst you are pursuing this, at one point, you must become a pastor. But you must become a value-added pastor. Are you here with me? Do you understand what I'm teaching you? So if we're here, you see a 22-year-old boy has a degree. That's a skill. We're 30, 35. You don't have anything. You're blaming everybody for you not having anything. Get up from your sleep and slumber and start developing yourself. Are you here? 
Do something with your life now. Now, where is David? Dave, come, come. Dave, come. I want to offer some people something here. Okay, so listen to me carefully. For the young people here in September, we are opening the Information Technology Education Center, ITEC. The Information Technology Education Center, ITEC. We are going to run a six month certificate program. And the six-month certificate program is 100% scholarship for all the young people in this church who wants to build this thing. Now, that same six-month certificate program, you can convert it into a diploma if you decide to write some certain foreign examination and pay a foreign fee. That foreign fee, we don't have control over it. So we can even teach you for you to get the certificate in um, information technology. Very when you have that certificate from us, I'm telling you, you can even in, in the in the in the center of the course is ITC ICT entrepreneurship. We teach you how to set your own business and other things, and then you can leave with certificate, go and start work, and then come back and write a foreign examination when you have made money and get a diploma. And from that diploma, you can build on it and move on to get a degree. So whilst I'm preaching this, I'm not just telling you. I'm giving you an offer if you are here. If you don't have a skill and certificate is lower than you, you are an arrogant fool. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you this. You're an arrogant fool. So I'm offering you this opportunity. So all of you, when we close, look for this short man. Follow him. Catch him. So start developing the certificate forms for it. And as many people that want it, we will pay faculty, we'll pay lecturers, and you yourself voluntarily teach them and let them have a skill. So all the young people here, do you understand what I'm telling you? Get that skill and develop yourself and build yourself from there. We have a very powerful computer lab. And the content of this program is solid. and will make you a, 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 an ICT person. That's what the world is moving to. The world is moving to ICT. And you can start earning something after six months. So take this course. Develop a skill. Sell it. So I'm not just preaching. I'm also offering a solution. I'm not just telling you something. But I'm showing you how you can do it. And there are people here who can attest to how I did not just preach. But after preaching, I have made contributions in their lives to make sure that they can get qualifications that can change their lives. For me, it takes education to build, to develop a skill, either formal or informal. Whatever it is, your raw, that raw material in the inside of you must be developed based on education. Are you here with me? Now, the next thing you do is called strategy. Strategy. Now, like what I'm teaching you right now, I'm trying to tell you that the world is moving into technology. Very soon, even now, 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 those with ICT qualification are hot cake. So strategy is to study your environment and find all the opportunities available that you can use your skill to take advantage of. Other than that, you fast and pray and fast and pray and arrive at nothing. 
And some of these things I teach on Wednesdays, I teach them, and deli- I deliberately teach them. Let somebody sit somewhere and say, oh, um, he has turned the church into uh, a management course. I deliberately teach them. You know something? I was just thinking about uh, the rapture. And, and I was just thinking when the, the Bible says that, may the God of peace sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. The church should not just be interested in the spirits of people. We must be interested in the soul and the bodies of people. And it's your soul that has the skill. It's your soul that has the talent. It's your soul that we teach. So I deliberately teach, because this church, we have very, fairly young people in this church. And we cannot be just be speaking in tongues every day. We cannot just be fasting every day. And believing God that fasting will turn us into millionaires. I have never seen any single person who has become a billionaire or a millionaire fasting and praying alone. Are you here with me? Even Jesus said, watch and pray. You didn't say close your eyes and pray. <laughs> Whilst you are praying, watch for opportunities. Open your eyes and watch for opportunities. Uh, are you here with me? Do you know there is nowhere in the Bible where the Bible commands us to close our eyes when we are praying? There is nowhere in the Bible. Jesus said, watch and pray. Whilst you are praying, watch. It's only lazy people who finish praying and go and lie down on bed waiting for God to do something. One time I was sitting down thinking about some of my friends who are still struggling. And I, the Lord just showed me seasons in our lives where some of them were really very lazy. Where we saw only prayer and lying in bed as the only thing we had to do. And we were young people, youth. We had energies. We would go and fast and pray and come and lie down. Oh yeah, yeah, come and lie down. Then the evening we go to fellowship. Then the morning, the next day, the morning, we wake up. We go and pray. In the afternoon, we go for evangelism. And we were young people, oh, we were doing nothing. No education, no work, nothing. We said, God has called us. Today, today, not all of them have emerged. Because we didn't channel our energies well. We did not. And I want to challenge you here today, before I end this service. Don't join the group of afternoon sleepers. They that sleep it, sleep it in the night. Do, do you know that today's holiday is the only time somebody had to sit down and think about himself, develop a plan that will change his life? But today's holiday, you saw somebody said today they are sleep. Oh, I will sleep, Papa. Do you know there are some people who get leave to sleep? Hey! <laughs> I knew a guy who got six months leave. And said he was too tired. He was going to sleep for six months. And truly he slept for six months. At the time I knew him, he was somebody I was depending on. Today he can depend on me. I've gone past him. Six months leave to sleep. And he was in his 40s, so it wasn't like some old man. Six months leave to sleep. 
Yesterday, what time did we sit down? What time did you get up? We're there from morning to 9.30 p.m. And we're seated down. We're talking. And I was moving in between there and I was going for meetings, counseling people, meeting some uh, chairman. Isin was there. I was going, I'm going to teach something. I wanted different opinions. Chairman came and said, so, so, daddy, is that how you prepare for your sermons? That's how serious you take your sermons? I said, I don't joke with the things I do. I don't joke with the things I do. I don't. I don't. I'm going to teach on the rapture. And the rapture is very controversial. So I brought a team of theologians. Let's discuss it. Where we couldn't agree on, I said, I won't preach it. I won't touch there. I know where I will end. When we come to agreement on these areas, I'll come there. But I will just touch here and touch here and touch here. And I will leave it there. But for more than 12 hours, I sat down with people discussing, top people discussing a sermon I'll preach for three Sundays. We're discussing it. And studying it. And researching it. Nobody becomes successful by chance. Success is done by default. Success is by design. You have to design your success and be serious about it. So you have to, after you have discovered your skill and developed it, you now have to adopt strategy. What can I do? Who can I see? What can I link up with? Where can I work to develop myself? Who can I talk to? Who can, who can mentor me? You need to be very strategic. You need to think. You need to use your mind. You need to use your mind. Are you here? From strategy, you move to speed. Let me tell you this. You can't be slow and succeed. The world is going. We just woke up. For those of you who woke up at 6 a.m., you had 12 hours. It's gone. Ask yourself this question What did I do with 12? The, the way you wake up in the morning, and by the time you blink your eyes, it's in the evening. That's the same way you'll be surprised that you were just young yesterday and just today you are old. I look at myself in the mirror and say, oh, I'm already 53. Look at me. 22 years ago, I was Jack Toronto on the Spinters Road. Today, look at me. I'm an old man. With gray, <laughs> gray everywhere. But just 22 years ago, and it's so fast, oh, so fast. But I have never regretted a second being on the Spinters Road because I redeemed every time. Never wasted any time. I look back at the 22 years I've been on the Sprinters Road. I have no single second regret. I redeemed the time. I redeemed the times. Are you here? From there, you need to have stability. You need to have focus. You need to have conviction. You need to believe what you are doing. You need to believe that this thing I put my resources in it is going to work. When you doubt things, you don't go anywhere. That's why the Bible says that God does not even trust a double-minded person. You have to be single-minded about things you do. When I decide I'll do something, I don't doubt it. I just believe that this thing I've decided, it will work. must work and it works 
One day, I watched a documentary of one of the best footballers in, in the history of football in England, David Beckham. And what made him successful was his free kicks. So he was asked. And the title, the title of the documentary was The Rise and Rise of David Beckham. And I'm sure that David Beckham doesn't speak in tongues like you do. And he was asked. Well, so his, his film was titled The Rise and Rise of David Beckham. What would your film be titled? I've been watching you know, part one and two. <laughs> the rise and fall, the stagnation of this. No, your story must be the rise and rise. But when I watched that, watched that I wasn't, when I watched that documentary, I said, said to myself, I will never have rise and fall story. I must have a rise and rise story. And he was asked, he was asked that, he was asked this question. What is the secret of your success in taking free kicks and penalties? He says, he said that when I make up my mind, I don't change it. When I say I'll take, I'll put it on the left. No matter the movement of the goalkeeper, I'll still put it there. He said, I don't change my mind. You see, when you are somebody who does things and the least challenge you face, you change your mind. And then the least thing you, you change your mind, then you blame people. And then you blame this person. And then you blame this person. You will not get, go anywhere. You need stability. You need conviction. You need strength. You need strength. You need power to get things done. Okay, so the final one is that you need strength. You have to be strong and courageous. Mental strength is more powerful than the strength that comes from muscles. There was an old lady, one of the reasons why I got a scholarship to study outside. There was an old lady who was sick, who lived in the community where my Bible school was in Germany. And this old lady, nobody gave her. She comes to, she comes to church in the Bible school. She come walking slowly. Sick old lady, sick old lady. She come like that. Apparently, the old lady being in the room was doing investment. So she was weak in the body, but strong in the mind. And she willed her fortune to the school and said that, "I want the school to use my fortune, my money." To sponsor African and Asian students to come and study missions and go back to their countries to go and witness to the lost souls. So when the woman died, the school was surprised. The amount of money the woman donated. But this was a weak woman. She was weak in the body, but tough in the mind. It's mental toughness that takes people far. The courage to confront your fears. And to fight and to keep on fighting. The storms will hit you hard. But you keep fighting. And you keep going. And you keep going. Excuses will never take you anywhere. The blame game will never take you anywhere. Rise on your feet. Confront that storm. And move on. Take these three, these three things from me. Relate with the spirit of God. Because it will reveal you to you. When it reveals you to you, you will find the deposit. The Spirit of God is like a light that suddenly shines on you and you see yourself. And you realize that, ah, all the gold I've been looking for is actually in the inside of me. Then you pick that thing. You develop on it. You look at the environment. You make decisions. You keep moving. I had nothing when I, was, I came here. Nothing. And nobody can stand anywhere and say, I made this man rich. No. 
The very things I'm sharing with you are the things that I did. And it changed my life. And you can also change your life. Don't, don't allow anybody to own your success. Own it yourself. Own it. It's called ownership. Own it yourself. Don't allow anybody to own it. Own it yourself. Amen. Amen. Okay, so... Let me check the time. Okay, so let's see. I have some 10 minutes to look at the next one. So quickly, let's look at the next one. No, I don't think it's this one. So you guys may have... Yeah, it's this one. You're right, it's this one. I hope you have what I have here. Now, let me share something with you. When... When, when I left Bible school... I was very, very careful as to who I follow. Oh, a group of young guys in the Bible school left their church and came together to go and form their church. The way they fought, eh? They fought. Less than six months, they have beaten themselves and turned their own church and churches into pieces. This one left the church from here. This one left church brought 10 people, brought 10 people, this one brought 20, this one brought this, this one brought this. A group of six guys started a church. A church of about 50 people with six pastors. All of them believed they could preach. Started fighting over the pulpit. Fighting over offerings and tithe. Fighting over things. Fighting over this thing. I chose that I needed someone greater than me to follow. I'm not going to follow somebody at my own level. The person will take me nowhere. So look at this statement. Can we go to the next slide? I hope you are okay. So every great leader is a follower of a greater leader. Every great person is a follower of a greater person. How many of you believe that? Yeah, yeah. You must always have somebody who is greater than you to follow. Who is greater than you to follow. I was having a conversation with Kevin and his friends. You know, I like to converse. I like to talk. And so I was having a conversation with Kevin and his friends. And they were excited about the things and the things I was sharing with them and all those things. But one of the things I told them was that they were happy because there were things they have kept to themselves. And they were advising themselves. You see, and suddenly they have an older person now providing answers. And they were realizing that the advice they were giving to themselves was very suicidal. They were going to destroy themselves. They were going to... <laughs> you, 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 you get it? They were going to... Destroy. So they were like... So, so one of them was like, Kevin, you should, we should be doing this all the time. If your daddy is available, we should bring more of our friends and let's sit down and talk. Let's sit down and have this conversation with your daddy. Let's have this conversation with your daddy. You get it? Because you see, the worst thing that can happen to you is to try to follow no one and then have friends that you meet in circles you see you go around in circles nothing goes on you just need one man who has traveled on the way you are about to travel on to just tell you how this journey is and how you can survive on that journey it's the beginning of your success are you here it's the beginning of your success just one person 
to sit you down and tell you, do it this way, do it that way, do it this way, do it that way. I'm sure that some of the young pastors, pastors associates who have been with us for the last one year or two years will appreciate the fact that within the one year or two years they have been with me, they have become wiser, they have become better in ministry, they are looking, their perception about ministry has changed. Well, you are talking to a man who has been in ministry for over 30 years. I am telling you in 30 minutes what I have learned in 30 years. That's why every student becomes greater than his teacher. Are, are you here? Do you understand? Ah, you, go to, you go to university and you go and meet an old man who has taught in that university for 30 years. And the old man is teaching and you are sitting down there making mockery of him. All the boys that when we were in secondary school were making mockery of old teachers. All of them today are failures. The boys that when the teachers finished teaching and they said, do you understand? They said, no. Why don't you understand the whole show? And then the class will be laughing. The class will be laughing. Those boys, they never amounted to anything. Oh yeah, yeah. they have never, they are, they are all useless boys now. They never became men. They are still boys. They never became men. Young people think that old people are fools. But old people know that young people are fools. Because, because I remember when Kevin was very young, eh? Um, he used to try to trick me then I'll catch him the one day he went to his mother and said why is it that any time I try to I try to tell daddy something he catches me the mother said daddy has been where you are before he knows he knows how your eight people they behave and they act and do their things so listen one man who is older than you for even one yeah, don't joke with that person. Or someone who is more experienced than you, don't joke with that. Next, next week, I'll talk about mentorship and I'll go in details about these things. But everybody needs someone who is better than him. If you cannot stand the people who are better than you, you're a loser. Are you here? You're a loser. If you can't stand people who are better than you, you're a loser. Now, years ago, when football, when football was good in Ghana, eh, very good in Ghana, when an opponent plays and even scores a good goal, the other team will clap for that opponent. The only teams that do not clap for themselves is Kotoko and Haas. Apart from that, others will clap for other people. You know, if you, are, you appreciate people who are better than you, and you admit they are better than you, and you want to learn from them, you progress faster in life. Are you here? Don't ignore people who are better than you. Don't be envious of people who are better than you. If a woman has a good marriage and your marriage is not working, don't be envious of that woman. Go to that woman. Find out from that woman. How is your marriage working? I want to learn from you. If you come in to church with someone, and suddenly you are real, the person is rising. 
and the person is rising or you work in a company with someone and you just realize that the person is rising and the person has found favor with the boss go and learn don't just say that oh you but banana crowd and then you rubbish the thing and the person is driving rising and the person is leaving you behind and you are rubbishing it you never get anywhere you know when i'm watching you know when i'm watching tv eh, i learn a lot i'm watching i like watching preachers i'm learning i'm picking from them one one guy traveled one of the most successful pastors in this country when he came back he called city of i discovered the secret of that man's success i said what what, what is it so we met so I, I, I traveled with this man this intelligent man anytime he was with people who were better than him he asked questions you go to somebody's church and ask so how did you do this how did you get this so how did this come to pass how did you grow your church and then he said when we came back from the journey the man started implementing what his friend told him so that's why this man gets better every day because he goes to learn are you here find someone you can follow find someone who is better than you and follow that person find someone who is greater than you and follow that person find that person and follow that person when they are called my pastors i say all of you who have started wednesday teaching service you are just you are you are just walking on dangerous grounds because i don't think most of you have gotten to where you should stop attending my wednesday teaching service you should be coming for me to download in you and go but i know one, one day one day they will start changing i said no no don't come so no i want to come and i said no don't come it's late what you're supposed to learn is past no there's some age when you get learning is difficult <laughs> are you here so let me show you the followership roadmap i will end on this today it's called the followership roadmap you might not see it well but if we take these things serious it will help you follow and follow with a good heart we are using the classical case of elijah and elisha we are using the classical case of elijah and elisha from second kings one second kings two one to fourteen when you have time read it eh? the classical case now when you read this eh, when you read this you will notice a group of people that tried to distract Elisha. They met you and said, do you know that your master will be taken away from you today? Some of you would have been offended. Oh, so the man is keeping a secret from me. The man I've been following, he's keeping a secret from me. But Elisha knew what he was looking for. He was looking for the double portion of the anointing. He was not there to discuss the man's private matters. He knew what he was looking for. Anytime you follow a person, you must know why you are following the person. Or else other people sitting somewhere who has not found what you have seen in that person will be saying things that will discourage you. Why did people not tell me about my relationship with some of the fathers? I mean, a father's friend will call you and run down his own friend to you. 
But you always know what you are looking for. And so you, you are not there to correct the person. You are, not, you are not there to be a moral police officer. That is not your duty. You know what you are looking for. Are you here? Do you understand? So look at, look at their journey began from a place called Gilgal. Now it is this place, Gilgal, that God told the Israelites to circumcise themselves. This place. The Israelites who came from um, Egypt who had not circumcised themselves. It was this place that God told them to circumcise themselves. And it's a very painful process. So it's a place of circumcision. But we no longer circumcise our flesh. We circumcise our heart. To follow anybody, you must check your heart first. You must first check your heart and weigh your, emo weigh your motives. Why am I following this person? If you have selfish motives, it don't work. You must have good intention. I still have a very good relationship with my spiritual father. Very, very good relationship with him. I still do. Because I followed him with good intention. Now, the relationship between a leader and a follower is not a relationship between two saints. So, don't think you will not be offended. But if you know what you are looking for, if you know why you are in this relationship, you will stay in the relationship. Are you here? Do you understand? So, circumcise your heart. The second stage of followership is better. This, so when they left Giga, they came to Bethel. Bethel is a place of encounter. This was where Jacob had an encounter with God. The reason why Elijah was able to, Elijah was able to follow Elijah was because of what? Bethel, an encounter with God. If you don't have an encounter with God, you cannot follow people. God should have told you something about this relationship. I'm not talking only about spiritual relationship. I'm talking about whoever you decide to follow. You must have a certain revelation about this following and have a great understanding about this following. Are you here? Then when you have an encounter with God at Bethel, he will not take you to Jericho, a place of instructions. You know how I weigh people's spirituality? Your capacity to take instructions. Your capacity to take instructions. Yesterday I sat down for 12 hours. And then after the 12 hours, I went home. And then I was studying. Late in the night, here comes a call. One of the fathers in the land. Says, today, 10 a.m. They want to meet me. So this morning, Elder White just sent me. Elder White saw the meeting I did yesterday. And so he sent me a meeting to find out how I was doing. And that was I taking rest. What I love about mommy, eh? Mommy said, when, when I was trying to find an excuse, mommy said, no, 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 no. The father is calling you. You cannot. You cannot. And I had things to do. I slept late. Early in the morning, mommy was in my room. Please, honey, get up. They are ironing for you. You don't have to keep the man waiting. Get ready and go. You should go immediately. And even he knew I was so tired, he got my son Kevin involved. Go and drive your daddy. 
Your daddy is tired. Go with your daddy. Just make sure your daddy goes to fulfill this assignment. And I was there. Because you see, I've had so much encounters with God that I can take instructions from people I follow. Let me tell you something. If you talk against people you follow at your back, you have not yet gone through your battle. If you come to me and I tell you something and in my presence you agree and then you leave me and you go somewhere to disagree with me and to talk bitterly against me, you haven't yet arrived at better. You didn't even start at Giga. You haven't started. I'm telling you. You haven't started. You haven't started. You have not to. One day I went to a service of one of the fathers. And I was supposed to be at the service earlier. I did not. Then I went on the last day of the service. Then when I, I was taken upstage, the father turned and looked at me like this. And turned away. He said, hey, this man always smiles when he sees me. Gives me some um, punch in the air or does something like this. Today he didn't smile. I'm in trouble. Most young people would just say, hey, so what? I have my life. I came back home. I told mommy, Charlie, the man is not happy. I didn't come to the distance. I need to go and resolve this matter. I called one of his favorite sons. I said, you need to accompany me to this man. We need to go and resolve this matter. I went in with a seed. I said, I'm sorry I couldn't come earlier. I explained why I couldn't come. Lay the seed at his feet. Listen, I could do these things because I've been through Giga, I've been through Bethel, so Jericho is easy. Jericho was when God told the Israelites, walk around um, Jericho seven days, and on the seventh day, seven times. Uh, if one day we can go around seven times, what, why are you making us go around seven, eight, seven days, on the seventh day, seven times? Are you not the God who divided the Red Sea? Why can't we just go through these people and kill them and pass through? Why do you want us to go through all these things? Instructions. Sometimes what God tells you to do may not make sense. But if you have gone through Giga and been through Bethel, you can take instructions. Are you here? You can take instructions. My father just called me recently. You know what he said to me? My car is broken down. I have left it with a mechanism. Go and sort it out. On phone, just like that. Just like that. I said, yes, sir. The car is here. It's my witness. It was the one I sent, Charlie. Go, go and find out how much is the cost. And come and get a check. And go and do it. I've been through Giga, Bethel. Why can't I handle Jericho? Why can't I handle Jericho? Oh, daddy has said something. We are angry. You can't be angry at what I say. If we have been through Giga and Bethel and Jericho, you cannot be angry at what I say. Hey, we're in this church following me as a leader and I've said something and you are angry. You cannot. You can't. Under no circumstance can you be or must you be. <laughs> oh, am I preaching? And there no circumstance must you be or can you be? Hey! Hmm. 
we were talking to one of the fathers, eh? and the one of the other father who also has who is also a captain of thousands, captain of thousands, so was just talking to one of the fathers and was doing expressions and was doing this. And then the, the father said, You can't point your fingers when you are talking to me. He just knelt down on his feet and started begging. I said, This is anytime I go among the fathers and I come to mommy. I said, Mama, my dear, this boy, they are born again. No, they are too born again. I said, They are too born again, captains of thousands. And we have gone for a meeting and just closing prayer. Somebody leaves the songs and they are down, rolling on the floor in their shoes, captains of thousands. Oh, there are people here who have not gotten anywhere. Worship the hands are in their pocket, looking at people. You have not been to Gilgal, you haven't been to Bethel, so you don't understand the instructions in Jericho. You can't take them. You can't take them. This man laid down. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. And I was looking at the whole scene. They are captains, so looking at the whole scene. And then when I got up, I said, I need to be humbler. I need to be humbler and humbler. Are you here? <laughs> one time we were going to visit one of the fathers. And when we got there, they said all of us should leave our phones. Do the captains of thousands. They said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And left their phones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And left their phones. The captains of tens and hundreds. So this thing cry, what is it? What is it? Is it okay? I have to talk to you. I have to talk to you. I have to talk to this one. What is it? And I was looking at those who left their phones and those who are refusing to leave their phones. I said, no wonder you were a captain of tens. No wonder you're a captain of tens. I don't know whether you have been to Gilgal. I don't know whether you have been to Bethel. Because if you have been through Gilgal and Bethel, instructions will be easier for you to obey. It won't be a difficult thing. It won't be a difficult thing. Now, from Jericho, you now get to Jordan, a place of transition. That's where the mantle of, of the person you are following begins to fall on you. There are some people eh, who eventually begin to talk like me, do things like me, and there are others oh, who look like others. You wonder, are you my son? Are you my spiritual son? Do, do I know you? You sound strange. Are you here? All of us want to come to this place, Jordan, where the double portion will come upon us. But we need to understand how we progress with the people we value and respect. Keep this at the back of your mind. Never, never, never be envious of anybody's success. Be grateful to God that you are made a successful person who can teach you how you became successful. And when you are following that person, don't have a sense of entitlement. They will come to me to see me. Like yesterday, when I was 12 hours engaged in a meeting, I will have people, there's one young man who has come from Kumasi. He arrived yesterday. I said, you can't see me until Thursday. He's still hanging around. He's going to be ordained as a pastor. He wants to come and spend some time with me, sit under me, pray for him, and go back to Kumasi. He arrived on Tuesday. I said, put him in a room, but you can't meet me until Thursday. He's not offended. He knows what he's looking for. When you follow someone who is successful, or a, a spiritual leader, and you begin to have a sense of entitlement, 
where you feel like like you deserve a certain attention you deserve a certain recognition you deserve a certain reward you are missing it you are missing it may god help all of us god bless you thank you so much for making time to be here tonight lift up your two hands begin to pray ask the lord father make me a follower make me a good follower make me a good follower let me follow and let me not stumble and fall let me follow and let me not stumble and fall let me follow and let me not stumble and fall say lord help me to follow help me to survive gilgal help me to survive gilgal because that is where most people end up they are not able to go beyond gilgal Help me, Lord, to survive Gilgal. Help me to go through better. Let me have an encounter with you at better. And Lord, help me, Lord. Through Jericho, Lord. Through Jericho, Lord. Lord, help me. Lord, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Now pray that, pray that God will help you to discover the deposit. That thing he has placed in the inside of you. Lift up your voice and pray. In Jesus name Jesus name it is done I pray for every one of you here let the word of God bring you illumination bring you deep understanding let the word of God elevate you to a place to a place where you can relate with him God better let the Holy Ghost take this word I've preached and even make it better to you in Jesus name Amen God bless you give the Lord praise give him praise give him all the 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 praise amen